Chapter Five of Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall, or Solving the Campus Mystery, by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter Five: The Duet. Helen, by this time having recovered her usual self-possession, was talking nineteen to the dozen to their new friend. Ruth was not in the least suspicious, but Mary Cox's countenance was altogether too sharp. Her grey eyes were too sly. Her manner to the French teacher had been too unkind for Ruth to become greatly enamoured of the junior. It did really seem very kind of her, however, to put herself out in this way for two infants. How many teachers are there? Helen was asking, and are they all as little as that Miss Picolet? Oh, she ejaculated Mary Cox with scorn. Nobody pays any attention to her. She's not liked, I can tell you. Why, she seemed nice enough to us, only not very friendly, said Helen slowly, for Helen was naturally a kind-hearted girl. She's a poverty-stricken little foreigner. She scarcely ever wears a decent dress. I don't really see why Mrs. Tellingham has her at the school at all. She has no friends or relatives or anybody that knows her. Oh, yes, she has, said Helen, laughing. What do you mean? inquired Mary Cox suspiciously. We saw somebody on the boat coming over to Portageton that knew Miss Picolet. Oh, Helen, ejaculated Ruth warningly. But it was too late. Mary Cox wanted to know what Helen meant and the story of the fat man who had played the harp on the boat orchestra and who had frightened the french teacher and had afterward talked so earnestly with her on the dock all came out in explanation the junior listened with a quiet but unpleasant smile upon her face that's just what we've always thought about miss picolet she said her people must be dreadfully common friends with a ruffian who plays a harp on a steamboat for his living well perhaps he is no relative of hers suggested ruth timidly indeed she seemed to be afraid of him he's mixed up in her private affairs at least said mary significantly i never could bear miss picolet ruth was very sorry that helen had happened upon this unfortunate subject but her chum failed to see the significance of it and the girl from the red mill had no opportunity of warning helen mary cox too was most friendly and it seemed ungrateful to be anything but frank and pleasant with her not many big girls so thought both ruth and helen would have put themselves out to walk up to briarwood hall with two infants and their baggage through breaks in the cedar grove the girls began to catch glimpses of the brown old buildings of briarwood hall ivy masked the entire end of one of the buildings and even ran up the chimneys it had been cut away from the windows and they showed brilliantly now with the descending sun shining redly upon them it's a beautiful old place helen sighed ruth i believe you agreed her chum enthusiastically it was originally a great manor house that was the first building where the tower is said mary cox as they came out at last upon the more open lawn that gave approach to this side of the collection of buildings which had been more recently built than the main house they were built around the rectangular piece of turf called the campus this however the newcomers discovered later for they came up in the rear of the particular dormitory building in which mary declared their room was situated you can go to the office afterwards she explained kindly 
You'll want to wash and fix up a little after travelling so far. It always makes one so dirty. This is a whole lot better than the way poor Tom was received at his school, isn't it? whispered Helen, tucking her arm in Ruth as they came to the steps of the building. Ruth nodded, but there were so many new things to see that Ruth had few words to spare. There were plenty of girls in sight now. It seemed to the girl from the Red Mill as though there were hundreds of them. Short girls, tall girls, thin girls, plump girls, and the very plumpest girl of her age that Ruth had ever seen stood right at the top of the steps. She had a pretty pink doll-like face which was perpetually a smile. Whereas some of the girls, especially the older ones, stared rather haughtily at the two infants, this fat girl welcomed them with a broadening smile. "'Hello, Heavy,' said Mary Cox, laughing. "'It must be close to supper, Belle, for you're all ready, I see.' "'No,' said the stout girl. "'There's an hour yet. Are these the two? she added, nodding to Ruth and Helen. "'I always get what I go after,' Ruth heard Mary say, as they whisked in at the door. In the hall, a quiet, pleasant-faced woman in cap and apron met them. "'This is Helen Cameron and Ruth Fielding, Miss Scrimp,' said Mary. "'Miss Scrimp is matron of our dormitory girls. "'I am going up, Miss Scrimp, and I'll show them to their duet.' "'Very well, Miss Cox,' said the woman, producing two keys, one of which she handed to each of the chums. "'Be ready for the bell, girls.' "'You can see Mrs. Tellingham after supper.' Ruth stopped to thank her, but Mary swept Helen on with her up the broad stairway. The room the chums were to occupy, Mr. Cameron had made this arrangement for them, was up this first flight only, but was at the other end of the building overlooking the campus. It seemed a long walk down the corridor. Some of the doors stood open, and more girls looked out at them curiously as they pursued their way. Mary was talking in a low voice to Helen now, and Ruth could not hear what she said. But when they stopped at the end of the corridor, and Helen fitted her key into the lock of the door, she said, "'We'd be delighted, Miss Cox. Oh, yes, Ruth and I will both come.' Mary went away whistling, and they heard her laughing and talking with other girls, who had come out into the corridor before the chums were well in their own room. And what a delightful place it seemed to the two girls when they entered. Not so small, either. There were two single beds, two dressing-tables, running water in a bowl, two closets and two chairs, all this at one end of the room. At the other end was a good-sized table to work at, chairs, a couch, and two sets of shelves for their books. There were two broad windows with wide seats under them, too. "'Isn't it just scrumptious?' cried Helen, hugging Ruth in her delight. "'And just think, it's our very own. Oh, Ruthie, won't we have good times here?' Ruth was quite as delighted if she was not so volubly enthusiastic as Helen. It was a much nicer room, of course, than the girl from the Red Mill had ever had before. Her tiny little chamber at the Red Mill was nothing like this. The girls removed such marks of travel as they could and freshened their dress as well as possible. Their trunks would not arrive at the school until morning, they knew. These made some display, on Helen's dresser at least, but when their little possessions came, they could make the room more homey. Barely had they arranged their hair when a gentle rap sounded at the door. "'Perhaps that's Miss Cox again,' said Helen. "'Isn't she nice, Ruth?' Her friend had no time to reply before opening the door to the visitor. It was not Miss Cox, but Ruth immediately recognised the tall girl whom Mary Cox had addressed as Madge Steele. She came in with a frank smile and her hand held out. "'I didn't know you were going to come to my corridor,' she said frankly. 
which of you is miss fielding and which is miss cameron it made the chums feel really grown up to be called miss and they liked this pretty girl at once ruth explained their identity as she shook hands helen was quite as warmly greeted you will like briarwood said madge Steele. i know you will i understand you will enter the junior classes i have just entered the senior grade this year there are lots of nice girls on this corridor i'll be glad to introduce you after supper we have not been to the office yet said ruth i believe that is customary oh you must see the preceptress she's just as nice as she can be is mrs tellingham you'll see her right after supper i presume so ruth said then i tell you what said madge i'll wait for you and take you to the forward club afterwards we have an open meeting this evening mrs tellingham will be there she is a member you know so are the other teachers we try to make all the new girls feel at home she nodded to them both brightly and went out ruth turned to her chum with a smile isn't that nice of her helen she said we're getting on famously why helen what's the matter she cried helen's countenance was clouded indeed she shook her head obstinately we can't go with her ruth she declared can't go with her no why not pray asked ruth much puzzled we can't go to that forward club said helen more emphatically why my dear exclaimed ruth of course we must we haven't got to join it maybe they wouldn't ask us to join it anyway you see it's patronized by the teachers and the preceptress herself we'll be sure to meet the very nicest girls that doesn't follow said helen somewhat stubbornly anyway we can't go ruth but i don't understand said puzzled ruth why don't you see exclaimed helen with some exasperation i told miss cox we'd go with her go where to her club they hold a meeting this evening too you know she said there was a rivalry between the two big school clubs hers is the upedes oh the up and doings laughed ruth i remember she said she would wait for us after we got through with mrs tellingham and introduce us to her friends well gasped ruth with a sigh we most certainly cannot go to both what shall we do End of chapter 5